idea right every right. every week like probably a teenager calls in and explains their petty bullshit to us okay and then we just what no matter what we take their side in the argument and we just support them like yeah like trisha does sound like an asshole in this yeah. situation you're Tr absolutely right no you should egg her car after school that sounds like a really good idea great first step also have you ever keyed a car because that's the next step oh god are you that asking me? Bad. No, I've never keyed a car. Oh, I've never keyed a car either. Oh. Not on purpose. That seems inappropriate. Well, no one's ever pissed you off then. No, I guess... that's not true. I've been pissed off. <laughs> like, <laughs> to that just... degree. That's like a pretty, like, I don't know, that's intense. That's some real damage on a in, car. In high school, I once walked outside and someone had painted on my car. Um, with, like, washable paint, they painted something about, like, the volleyball game that night because they thought my car was somebody else's car. Nice. So that, that was weird. Uh, and for a moment, I was like, holy shit, like, someone really vandalized my car. Um, and it was, it was like, volleyball game tonight. I think it was volleyball. Uh, and it washed off. But um, there was a brief moment where I was like, holy shit. And then it yeah. Yeah. My, my fun in high school was I took, uh, like, whiteboard markers, and I would go ride on my teacher's cars in the parking lot on their windows with, with washable markers. Cause wow. Because they, wa they, they wash right off. That's so mean. <laughs> no, I, I said, like, happy things. I, was, I probably said kind of assholeish things a little bit, but it was all meant with, like, good intentions. We had, a, we had like, a rumor that a few years earlier someone had taken one of the teacher's smart cars and like four like football players had picked it up and rotated it 90 degrees so that they couldn't get out of their parking spot i think that might be urban legend but i love it i yeah no it sounds it, it would be very like badass if you did that yeah and terrible if it happened to you which is why i can't do pranks <laughs> <laughs> I always just feel a little bit guilty. I feel I would I would feel way too guilty. Yeah. Well, mm. Jason. Hey, what Emily. did you uh? What it? What were your first thoughts this last week? We watched first Monday in May. I'll explain yeah. it. I'll explain it, but I want to know. I've I've watched it. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I think I've watched it ten times in a uh, seven day period. Uh, if you do that math, that is more than once on some days. Oh my gosh. And... Let me be honest. I was less than five minutes into the documentary before I was like, yeah, I see that Emily's obsessed with this. <laughs> like, I very much understood that you would be obsessed with this documentary. I can't um, help it. It was fun. I'm, you know, I'm nowhere near your level, but today at work, I listened to it two or three times while I was doing my work, so, um. There's yeah. a lot to, as my very liberal friends would say, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, nice. It's, it's got a lot going on. Um, no way we'll touch on all of it, but uh, no. that's okay. And we're not even going to try. That's oh. what feels so good. We're not even going to try. I forgot. We're not going to even try. We, we're just going to admit to failure. Okay. No, we're not. Go we're going to talk about some of it 
correctly. Oh, we'll leave it like open. Yes. Mm, you want like you want that. the the key here, Jason, is to leave people wanting for more. Ooh, so that they'll you like, know what I mean? next to listen to the next Ex- podcast. Yeah, because maybe maybe we'll divulge more. Ooh. I mean, probably not. Probably but not. who knows? Who knows? Tell us what this documentary yes. is about. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, called the first Monday in May. I didn't know anything because I'm fashion uh, inept. I don't know a lot about the world. So apparently, probably a lot of people knew that the first Monday in May is the Met Gala at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And so this documentary kind of follows the um, process putting on this huge gala as well as the exhibition that they're kind of celebrating. Mm -hmm. Um, In this case, it is called China Through the Looking Glass. This was for Met Gala 2015. Um, And they show the process starting like, I think eight months out was Mm -hmm. when they started recording. Documentary's got like a really big... um like, making of, behind-the-scenes vibe. Totally. Uh, you really get a sense of the, like, all the kind of little steps that go involved, get that are involved in putting together an exhibition, which, you know, might not be something you think about. Uh, have you been to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, Emily? No, but now I want to go so bad. Oh, my goodness. See, that. so this is really the first thing I thought of. My family has, like, a huge history with the Metropolitan Museum of Art. That's so um, cool. My, so my cousin works there now, uh which is in itself kind of cool, but um, my dad and uh, my aunt used to go all the time as little kids. Uh, they Over the summer, they would literally go every day, um, and they were part of this, like, little kids group yeah. that took them behind the scenes of the Met. Um, so, like, they were there when the, the Temple of Dender, which is that uh, big temple uh, in the Metropolitan Museum of Art, they were there, like, when they were unpacking it, and, like, they wow. got to, like, be there for that stuff. So whenever I go to the Met, like my my dad has like a very very personal connection to the like to the actual objects in the building. Like there are things that he's like physically touched or worn even um, in the museum. So I have this huge like father son connection to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, which already got me going. Like this is gonna be this is gonna be an interesting documentary for me. Yeah, I love that. I think mm-hmm. that is so cool. I can't, I mean, I am going to get out there eventually one day, and we do have, we will have to go. The Met is uh, such a daunting building. Um, it looks like it. It's, it's, a, it's a good museum for tourists in that there's a lot to see. It's got a lot of walking, but you can't do it all. It just can't be done, um, or at least not well. You can't see the whole museum in a day. Um, it's got a little bit of everything, um, mm-hmm. and it just feels like if you if you asked a five year old like, what do you think an art museum is like? They would describe the Met. Um, it's just quintessential classic art, and then they throw this Met Gala thing once a year, which is like, not that. Yeah, no, I thought there's so many angles that you could look at this documentary through or at you know what I mean like there's so much going on but the cool thing that I don't think I'd realized about the Met Gala was that all out all throughout the year there are tons of award shows and that's when designers kind of get their chance to show their work is at award shows but this is kind of like the opposite where this is totally for the designers and they are using celebrities to not only raise money but to show off like their 
their work. It doesn't necessarily matter if it's the celebrity's choice to wear it. It's their choice for them to wear their art. And I think that was really cool. And if you haven't seen, uh, like, Met Gala dresses versus, you know, Academy Award Emmys dresses, take a second and and Google Met Gala. Because people aren't wearing, they're wearing, you know, nice clothing at red carpet events, but Met Gala takes it to a whole different level. This isn't like your average couture dress. This is fashion for the sake of fashion. Um, And the it's like outrageous what what they design most of the time specifically for this event is my understanding yeah i mean the the gown that um the gown that rihanna wore oh my god i'm and she said it took two years to make it and i believe it because the embroidery on it was so intricate and so quick quick uh quick uh explanation of her dress from someone who also knows nothing about yeah. uh, fashion. Uh, just uh, for the listener, uh, I'm wearing a wife beater right now, and Emily is wearing a fruit basket on her head. Like That is how little we know about fashion. Um, Rihanna's dress was about the length of a football field. It was, I mean, no, maybe not, but like it was no, 20 it was feet long. At least, yeah. It was bright yellow. Um, it looked, it was embroidered, but it was, you know embroidered almost like if someone went to your grandmother's house and took a pillow and was like i'm going to make this into a 30 foot long dress um just no you don't know like i think it, no it's very vivid it's very vivid i'm putting it um, all together uh it's it's carried by you know it has handlers because it's giant um and then it's this you know uh, I don't want to use the word tacky, uh, bright neon yellow. And then on the underside, it's <laughs> bright pink. pink. It's pink. Yep. Um, you, it's, it's insane. It is. And you would never wear it anywhere other than to show it off in the way in right. which it was showed off. I mean, you would never, I wouldn't put that on a normal red carpet by any means. At, at you know what I mean? Po- at some point, um, I think it might've been Michael Kors. I don't remember who it was. But um, somebody it says, it was Michael Kors, uh, he goes, you know, people always complain, like, I, you can't even walk in that. But, like, who, who cares? cares? It's not about that. Um, yeah. And the documentary touches on a little bit, like, whether or not fashion should be considered art. Um, but I think it makes the case so strongly that this fashion is art that it's, it's almost not even a question. Um, they pose it just because, like, it feels like they had to. Um, but for me, anyway, I don't know, maybe you disagree. I just no. thought, like... I, I agree with you, and I think that's kind of where that this idea of art and commerce mixing is a problem for some people, because if you look at... If you just kind of, like, Google search anyone's collection from, you know, 2012 in, like, you know, New York Fashion Week, you're going to get some really kooky stuff that no mm-hmm. one would ever wear. It's just impractical to wear it, but but yet there are millions and millions and millions of dollars spent in this industry to put on these shows to show right. off these outfits that no one would actually ever wear. So I feel like they exist as maybe more of an art industry than you would think. Right. Well, and, and the question, that the, the concern, I guess, and I get it, is how can something be art if if its end goal is commercial, right? Like when Ralph Lauren puts on a show, their end goal is to sell more Ralph Lauren products, right? Um, sure. 
I guess that's an actual person. His end goal is to sell more Ralph Lauren products. So, like, how can that be art? And I get that. But at the same time, like, Andy Warhol Hall had a mortgage to pay, too. And, like, probably not. He probably had a rent to pay. But he was, <laughs> I was going to say, he, he probably leased a small cardboard box on the corner. <laughs> but, listen, cardboard boxes in this city, you won't believe how much they What cost. they could do for, yeah. Um, but even still, you know, he was selling his art, you know. Totally. Um, and it, it counts. But there, there's something, for me, it was more, they, 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 what they talk about in the beginning is the fact that, you know, the Met is this uh, very sterile environment. Everything's kind of like pre-19th century, like classic art. Um, they have a modern wing now, but I mean, it's classical art. Sure. Um, and then in it, they are putting this modern uh, uh, fashion, which is such a different style of art. Yeah, I mean, someone... Did you hear so, that? I did hear that. Someone just, like, screamed bloody murder outside my apartment. Well, probably because they thought Rihanna's dress was to die for. Way to bring it back. Thank you. <laughs> um, oh, but I forget. I forget where we were. I'll tell you where I want to go. Um, Great. So the Met Gala, on top of being this... Oh, wait. I remember oh. what I was going to say, though. And it was it was so relevant to what you were saying. Please. Okay. So you back. said, you said that difference between or how it's becoming more modern, and I thought it was interesting that someone commented that the person kind of driving that out of the Met, specifically in terms of the Met Gala and the Costume Institute, is Anna Wintour. Mm-hmm, They're like mm-hmm. she's taken all the formality out of the Met. Right. Just for, just for this kind of event, yeah. Um, I mean, you have Rihanna dancing on tables at the Met Gala. Like, it's a, it's a yeah. different thing. Um, and she's, I've never seen Devil Wears Prada, but I love her. Um, she's great. And great as a, car- as, a, as, a, as a performance in this movie. Um, really yeah. carries us through the whole thing and, like, makes us, she teaches us a lot about uh, both the Met Gala and fashion, um, through her, through her eyes, through her world. I, I loved her. Um, I, I absolutely adore her. <laughs> um, I mean, I, it was funny. I reg- I didn't know the Devil Wears Prada was based off of her before watching it. I'd heard mm. of her, but not seen her in action. So right away I was like, oh my God, this is the movie. But she's so smart, decisive, in control, and like, so aware of what she is and is not. Like, I loved at one point where she was like, I don't pretend to be a fashion historian. Right. But, you know what I mean? But this is what I do do. <laughs> oh. oh, no. She um, wouldn't like that. Um, I know. The but thing yeah. for me is that, so I've, like, I've directed shows in the past, and I really, and I've been directed, and I really admire uh, sometimes when someone just knows the right answer all the time, you know? Right. And that's a style of directing that I really envy is someone who has a clear vision and just knows it. Um, and Anna Wintour is someone who everyone, whether or not they like her, um, is respectful of her opinion, right? All throughout this documentary, people come to her and they're like, here's this design I've made. And she says, that's not it. It has to be pale, uh, pale flowers, you yeah. know. And she just knows. She doesn't say there's something not quite right about that. 
um, you know, I'm not sure. She looks at it and she says, those aren't the right flowers. You need to be pale flowers. And we move forward from there. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought she was, she was fantastic. Like, and she knows what her end goal is and she knows what's important in getting there. And it's so refreshing, like with all the corporate America stuff that at least I deal with at my job, like it is so nice to see someone make a decision that makes sense and people do it because she said to do it. Right. And there's no worrying about the red tape and, like, who does this inconvenience? It's like, no, this is the right way to do this, and this is what we're doing. End of discussion. Right. You know, I thought it was great. And, and the best part was when she was setting up for the for the dinner and the performance, and the, the other people that were working at the museum were like, well, you're taking all of the art out of this room. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but it's not about the art tonight. I raised a ton of money. This is what we're putting on for all those people that brought us money. The art really doesn't matter tonight. Right. And it's like, that sucks to, to hear as someone who maybe appreciates that art or whatever, but, like, she's, she's not wrong. She's telling someone to her face. She's right. What, you're, what is important to you is yeah. not important to me, and what's important to me is what matters. And that's, like, terrifying, and I get that, but it's so uh, impressive and so... Uh, awe-inspiring to to watch happen and you contrast that with all of the other people who have to kind of work together and butt heads I love the conflict between Andrew you know his last name um, Bolton Bolton, Bolton. who's running (laughs) I mean you've watched this thing 30 times I know Andrew Andrew Bolton who's the director of the um, he's the curator of the the exhibit yes the exhibit and do you know the head of the Chinese department um, uh, no. That's it's... interesting. That says something about how this documentary was put together. Um, the guy who's in charge of the Asian department, and they both, not Chinese, Asian, uh, art department, uh, and they both have clear goals which are in competition with each other, right? Andrew oh, Bolton's yeah. job is to highlight the fashion, and Asian guy who's played by a white guy in the movie. Um, <laughs> who's played by a white guy in the documentary. I'm going to look up his name. I, I'm pretty sure his last name. No, that was the other guy. Hang on. It's going to be fine. Keep we'll talking. find it out. Um, but uh, Andrew Bolton and uh, white guy, both uh, and white guy's job is to promote his artwork or promote the Asian artwork. Um, and it's interesting to watch them, you know, not so much in competition, right? They both want to have a successful exhibit, but to watch them work they towards make sh- that end goal. They want to make sure that their respective arts and points of views are not being skewed by the presence of the other one, I think. is Right. The, because this show was very controversial. I mean, they showed... It seemed like the thing that was a, a big issue to people was that they were referencing a lot of, like, historical... Um, Chinese time periods and historical art and historical things and nothing really present. Um, And that brings up a lot of issues because just it of, I don't know, just Iraqi history. You're going to offend somebody talking about certain points of time. And one department, being the fashion department, was willing to risk that. And the art department was very much like, no, we need to be respectful of the history. Right. And when when you think about it, you know, I can I, I really I kind of understood where the uh, Asian art department was coming from. Where it's Absolutely. like, you know, we are we have to deal with this with these entities. You know, uh, you know, uh, 
public leaders, political figures, whoever, you know, going forward, you're coming in with these dresses, you're putting them on display, and then you're leaving. Like, this is our livelihood, so to speak, that you're coming in affecting. Um, for I think that the biggest issue on top of the history was the question of appropriation. Uh, yeah. Almost all of the um, designers were Western designers um, and not Asian designers. So, yeah. or not Chinese designers. So to say that you're putting on a Chinese exhibit or an exhibit about China and not represent Chinese designers is, is got lots of problems imbued in it. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely tricky. And then they also, to deal with that, they talk about that, that fashion is not necessarily representative of of purely history there is an element of creativity and fantasy in it and so although maybe something that was designed in 2002 wasn't meant to be offensive you can look at it maybe today and that Mm -hmm. dress is maybe offensive or it's referencing something that that's i mean they had the whole thing about displaying mao and buddha together right i mean that was like huge so it's like so, so honestly i thought so, so the, the the controversy was they had um, Mao, uh, a, um, a, a room dedicated to fashions inspired by Mao or from the Mao era. Um, uh, so there were like uniforms, but also some like dresses with his face on it, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I thought the, uh, the curator, Andrew Bolton, was really kind of reckless um, with his freedom to offend. You know, he, he kept saying things like, you know, you know, well, art without controversy isn't isn't worthwhile. Those aren't actually his words, but it was kind of what he was saying. Um, yeah. He was really kind of leaning into the controversy in a way that I found kind of made me uncomfortable. That's interesting, because I, I felt the same way, but I didn't necessarily feel uncomfortable about it. I felt like this guy is so brilliant, because, like... To me, bringing up controversy is still bringing up conversation and debate about something that should be talked about. So, like, I think when people are looking to, like, invite it in an academic way, which I feel he maybe was, I think that's kind of bold and cool. If the he's thing, doing it just to be an asshole, then then sure, like, that's obnoxious. The thing but he about, seemed smart. The thing about controversy in art and... The thing that the way I thought he was being reckless, you know, he does he plays a lot with um, stereotypes and uh, and the idea of appropriation is that art is so inherently subjective, right? At ten totally. people will look at the same thing and pull something different away. That when you start to deal with those controversial topics in your art, if you aren't extremely clear with what your point of view is and and what your message is then or not necessarily message but if you aren't very clear with what's going on then everyone's going to pull something different away and some people will pull away the entirely wrong message from from what you're doing um and i guess i don't know what his responsibility is as a curator but i personally think he's got some responsibility towards protecting his subject matter you know totally but i also think that that's maybe his style because he put on an Andrew uh, an Alexander McQueen exhibit months after he killed himself yeah which was controversial but he he apparently managed to do it in a way that that people found to be 
people loved yeah. it. But people, like, people ate it up. <laughs> people ate it up, but it's the kind of thing, too. That's the kind of thing where it's like, I guess, you know, good for the museum. They made a lot of money. You know, it was a good exhibit. But, like, that doesn't make it right, you know? That's totally. Kind of, that's really pretty tasteless to put up a Alexander McQueen exhibit months after he killed himself. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying I'm that saying like he wrong. clearly he clearly that's his that's his uh that's his trend though. He trends toward controversy. So but it's, it's just for the Metropolitan Museum of Art to be like you know working with controversy I think is weird, you know? Like that's that shouldn't <laughs> be there. They're not they're not fucking, you know, an amusement park which they say 10 20 30 oh times throughout God. this documentary. They're not. I love that. Their goal should not be stirring up controversy to sell tickets. Their goal should be displaying art in a way that makes everyone else smarter and better off. <laughs> I'm serious. That's. I don't know. It's. I don't go to the Met to be entertained. I go to the Met to be enlightened. I. Uh, it's it's cool because I feel like this is maybe where there's kind of a separation between the art and the fashion industry a little bit. Like, maybe I'm understanding that a little bit better now because I feel like an exhibit would stir up conversation. Like, the point of it is to educate. Of an, of an exhibit specifically. That's the other thing you have to think about. Like, it's different than just walking around a, a hall in the Met. Yeah. Like, this is designed for you to feel certain things and be, like, manipulated and think. Yeah, I mean, like, if you've ever been to the Met and haven't been to one of these special exhibits, they, you should look up what uh, China Through the Looking Glass, that's what's called? China Through the... Yeah. Through the Looking Glass looked like because it's not what you think of when you think of the Met. There's, you know, dark rooms with loud it's provocative. music and bright lights. Yeah. It's provocative. Um, and really seems like the Met sort of selling its soul for $12.5 million, which, you know, $12.5 million is nothing to sneeze at, but is it right to play in this controversy? And I don't think so. I mean, like, you know, fucking James Franco made that interview movie. Like, that's playing in controversy. That's selling tickets for the sake of controversy, you know? Sure. Or controversy for the sake of selling tickets. The Mets shouldn't be doing that. But if... <laughs> but if they're taking... Uh, if they're collaborating with, like, another area of the museum... They're bringing more attention to a different aspect of going to the Met. And I think I guess, that's kind of I think that's kind of cool. I guess I'm just more white director of the Asian art department in this conversation, and you're more Andrew Bolton because I'm just more Andrew Bolton, I guess. Because I think there's something misleading, I guess, or maybe not misleading, but like disingenuous about saying we're bringing people in so that they can like get to know the Asian art department by completely blocking all the Asian art and putting up these 20-foot bamboo rods lit by colorful LEDs in a dark room with loud music and projection screens and all this oh and here's a dress like how are you supposed to look at all that and pull away 
Asia or China specifically. Well, we also didn't like see the whole exhibit as it was laid out. I guess the thing is, is that this, 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 the idea of fashion and this wing of, of the museum are fighting to be as credible as any other department. Yeah. And so for me, I think it's cool that they have a way to like display their art and get, I mean, even though the Chinese designers were limited, that's still introducing people to artists and designers that they may not have heard of. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because designing a dress usually isn't going to be featured in the Asian art wing no, of the Met. So well, I don't know. There's, I, there's the fact that, you know, the they even say right at the top of the documentary that the uh, costume exhibit is literally in the basement and like lit- yeah, the underground. Like you can't find it. Um, yeah. So he brings it out of the basement, uh, which I guess is good. I also like really enjoyed the the handling of like the garments. Like I loved when they showed mm. like the basement levels of the of the um, costume institute because like the way that they like unpacked yeah. those gowns was like I'm like wow those were packed away correctly. They're meant to like preserve. <laughs> like, it's really to, nice. <laughs> they go to the archives of some famous designer. I think it was Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent. That sounds possible. Yeah. But, you know, when I think of archives, I think of usually, like, paper documents, you know? Yeah. In boxes, and, like, I've been to, like, the Boston Public Library's archives and, like, looked at old, like, handwritten documents. Like, it's really cool, but it's, this is so, it's, it's just closets, right? Like, it's just hanging clothes. But, like, pristine perfect yeah i know is it so satisfying to watch (laughs) it's it i imagine it's what it's like to work in like a chip plant right that like makes computer chips where you have to wear like the static free gloves he wears um he like puts this white coat thing over what he's already wearing to make sure that like lint from his own person doesn't get on um on the stuff that was really satisfying. I also about this documentary, which I, I think we're gonna not touch on entirely just because of time. But uh, there's this whole other element about like the idea of celebrity um, and the way they handle the celebrities is really fascinating to me. Um, if nothing else, so there's whatever 500 people who come to this event and they spend so much time arguing over where they're going to sit. Yes. No, we can talk about it a little bit, because I thought it was, my favorite was when the girl was like, and who are you bringing? Josh Hartnett? What has he done lately? Nothing. (laughs) Dude, this, this, like, nobody just blew off Josh Hartnett. I love it. It's like, this is amazing. The amount of politics that goes into it is, is insane. It's like planning for a wedding times a million you know um, oh yeah and but I, again I, yeah no no no. you go you hit me with it i already said i already said mine once Fine. i was just I, gonna say you go. i love the just visually the organization of it all the way they have the names on little slips of paper and like velcro them around i mean that alone got me excited no, and that's and that's part of like that in a winter like effect that I loved about it was just like everything was organized and even 
in the chaos, it felt more organized than, like, chaos I've dealt, like, putting on events. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, everything was already kind of thought out, and it's just the, the matter of making it happen, which is always stressful. Well, but, yeah, it's, it's well organized. It's that, you know, that nobody who blew off Josh Hartnett, like, they get to play kind of matchmaker for, five, you know, not 500 celebrities, but, like, you know, a couple hundred celebrities and their, their handlers and, like, figure out, like, would Beyonce like to talk to, you know, Rihanna? Like, could they get along? That sounds like maybe not the best table. Let's put Beyonce with someone else. Right. Um, that's so fun. Did you did you notice where uh, Anna Wintour, who she was sitting right between? No. Because I loved it. She sat herself right between Bradley Cooper and George Clooney. Yeah. And I'm like, you deserve that. You yeah. get right up on in there. You should be sitting there. Ain't nobody going to be asking questions. Like, <laughs> you, you get to decide you where it. you're sitting. That's a good spot. That's a good spot. Yeah. How and much like, do you think they paid Rihanna to perform? Because they bleep it out in the, in oh, the documentary. They do. Okay, but I'm going to be so real because the fact that it wasn't millions, I was kind of like already like, but, oh, it's not as bad as I thought. But really? still, I, I don't know. I mean... I, again, like, I don't know how much she did when she got there, because we only That's saw fair. her do one song. So, like, did they really pay, what do you think, like, f- three to 500000 I would bet that, yeah. Right? Which, is, which I don't know, because that cuts so much. In, it's We know it's 100000 right? We know it's hundreds they bleep, of thousands. They, they say bleep 100000 100000 yeah. So we know it's... Anything over 100000 is crazy to me already. Let's start with that. For sure. For sure. Because because it's a charity event, quote unquote, charity event. Right. Um, the fact that you would even have to pay is already kind of crazy. Um, and yeah. it's, an, it's an event for a bunch of people who, like, probably don't care. No, and that was what I just kind of loved about it. It was, again, like, this was not about the celebrities at all. Like, it's really, like... The Met kind of placates them, and they're like, we'll, we'll give you Rihanna and some alcohol, but you just have to give us, like, millions of dollars, and we'll right. let you party. Because, like, just watching, like, Justin Bieber walk around that oh, shit, that I was me, like, me pain. I was like, right, I'm like, you're disgusting. Like, when he was, like, <laughs> next to the mouse suit, like, saluting, and he was like, how would I look in this? I'm like, you get out. You get right out. <laughs> no. We're not so, going to walk around the museum like an asshole. I mean, he is, but and he's like he shouldn't. Singing. He did not belong there. I don't know who she was talking about. At one point, she was like, if he comes, like he better not just be on his phone the whole time. But I assume she was talking about Justin Bieber. Uh, I like to think so. $12.5 million divided by 500 is $25,000. So on average, that's how much everyone's giving to be at this event. You figure there's some people giving much more, some people giving much less. Some free seats, I'm sure. Well, yeah, they kind of argued about that at one point. Um, yeah. Overall, on a scale of uh, a Coles t-shirt to whatever the hell Rihanna was wearing, for me, this was like a H&M suit. Like, it was a really fun, good documentary. Right? I I thought it was fun, too. Just, you get a little kind of history lesson. You get a look into a lot of designers whose names you've heard, and then you get to put faces to them. That was mm-hmm. fun for me, like, seeing, yeah. like, 
Karl Lagerfeld and what he actually looks like and talks like. They're um, so, so old and ugly. Yeah, they are. Which their their voices all compel like were so compelling. Mm-hmm. All of them could read me books and I'd be fine with it. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> Um, so there's that, there's true celebrity. I think the cinematography of the actual red carpet is actually yeah. way cool. And yeah. the music they use, it's very actually, it, it's a very like insider way of watching a red carpet, which I thought was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get that. Andrew Bolton is a wonderful character. I think his passion for what he does is so fun. Like every step of the way, he's so excited about what's happening. So it's fun to watch him put this together um and I think Anna for, Wintour's great it's for fun. a documentary that's like you know on the surface just like a making of documentary it asks way more questions than it uh really even had to you know like I would have yeah. enjoyed it if it was just a making of but it kind of poses a lot of uh important and interesting questions about our society um which I hope we discuss a little bit in this podcast yeah I'm hoping so man it was fun so, uh, you want to know what I, uh, diligently picked for next week? I gave it a lot of thought. I know, I was kind of present. What did we end up with? Yep, so I, uh, went on Netflix, and I typed in the word documentary, and the first thing that came up was the IFC show, Documentary Now, uh, which I don't think counts. No. But that would be fun to do, like, a mini-sode. Um, the second thing is the one I chose... Uh, the next one is Woody Allen, a documentary, which might be interesting to watch someday. Um, but I'm not in the mood for it. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Because Woody Allen is a sore subject uh, for a lot of people, including me. The next one is The Making of Video Game High School, the behind-the-scenes feature documentary, which I haven't seen Video Game High School, um, so maybe that's an r- exceptionally good pick. But it's not the one I chose. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was like, please don't let that. I would have I done it. That might be really fun for some week, though. Um, go behind the scenes to learn how Video Game High School was made and enjoy special interviews with the cast and crew. Get schooled. It's only an hour. Um, the documentary I did choose is called Small is Beautiful, a tiny house documentary. Oh, I'm excited. I There was another Tiny House documentary on Netflix a while back, and I watched that one quite a bit myself, like like that one a lot too. So this might be another obsessive. This might Great. be another Emily Toby's stamp of obsessiveness. Great. It's a, it's a short one, so if you're listening cool. at home, you have really no excuse not to watch it. Uh, and it's rated TV PG, so you can watch it with the kids. I'm excited. And I also think it should be noted that I live in a studio, and I feel like I'm going to relate to this mm. so much. I'll probably have some great insight and tips. Yeah, I live in I'm a duplex sure. brownstone, so I won't even know what this is, <laughs> what it's like to live small. Hey, Jason. Hey, Emily. You have a, you have a sign-off for this week? I do. Uh, I, okay. gave it, I gave it a lot of thought. No, you didn't. You're writing it right now. Uh, it is, I was just yeah, literally yeah. just going to read out the making of Video Game High School, the behind-the-scenes feature documentary. Hold on, just a second. Uh, I'll edit this out. Okay, ask me again, um, ask me again whether I have one so I can, like, work my mind to it. 
Hey, uh, Jason. Yeah. Do you have a uh, wonderful, lovely little sign-off for this week? Uh, yeah, I do, uh, of course. In the infamous words of this Pinterest quote, fashion is art, and you are the documentary. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I was really hoping that was how it was going to go.